podcast our first off-season episode eric you're still here right maybe i'm i'm just so i'm celebrating voting eve Uh, my family opens presents on voting eve uh, rather than voting day itself regular presents are they themed yeah we uh we just uh we go over the issues and uh, we 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 wrap each issue up and put a bow on it and then we open them up and then figure out what we're going to talk about oh that's good god can can you imagine that'd be the worst (laughs) I am I am going to church tomorrow. My church is having a a prayer vigil during the during the election, oh, which you know cool. I probably need. So, yep. Baseball off season is here. It got started right away for the Dodgers, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit. You and I are going to lay out the best team we can make using only uh, gentlemen on the forty man roster right now for the Dodgers. We're not going to include Yasmani and Ryu. And we're going to kind of see where the deficiencies are in that roster and see how the Dodgers might address them only a little bit. We've got a big offseason to fill, so we'll probably talk a little bit more about possible free agent signings to come. But I know you wanted to at least talk about on the uh, future $420 million man. So That's right. That's right. So let's but yeah, yeah let's start with the, the news over the weekend. Got to start with Kershaw. We have another player that came back as well. What do you think of this deal, this sort of one year tacked on to his existing two years? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, like you said, off season comes up. Um, if you're in the World Series, it's like an immediate like like uh, you just like whipped into this new frenzy of off season, and there's no downtime. You know, every other team is like at least has like from a fan standpoint, I guess at least there's at least some time to sort of uh, unwind, relax, or whatever before free uh, free agency. But now, like when you're in the World Series, the day after the World Series at 6 a.m. Pacific time, every, like your free agents are free agents. So it's like, just like rip the Band-Aid right off. You know, that's the sort of thing. But yeah, so the Dodgers had uh, decisions to make. There's, they haven't done all of them yet, and we'll, we'll get to that. But uh, the big ones, or the big one they got was uh, Clayton Kershaw. He did, he tacked on a year. Uh, I actually, I kind of was a little surprised. I, I can see why they did it, but like I, I actually thought he would, try to leverage that into like a two or three year extension. So like mm-hmm. a five, four or five year deal, but I get it. Like, you know, look, he's, he, we've all talked about this. He's he has um, four disabled or uh, four years out of five. He's been on the DL th- last three years with a back thing. So there's significant risk. He's lost two miles an hour off his fastball, still very good, but there's, there's, you know, very, very much red flags going on. So I get why there's, there's probably um, hesitance on the Dodgers side to go super long term, but at the same time they knew like you can't like he's the franchise and you kind of have to uh, abandon a little bit of I mean there's rationality and everything but like you, there's also like we also let, can't let this guy get away. Sure. Um, so that that hey, was we've good. talked about that before. Just from a pure and it's pure it's still pure business. It's not like it's yeah. irrational from a 
pure winning the game games of baseball point of view. You could use your money. You might be able to use your money better way, but you might not. The opportunities to overspend sometimes are seldom. So sometimes you have to overspend just because it's one of the rare opportunities. And then from a pure business perspective, he is has been the face of the franchise for a decade now. And being able to have a guy that you can say spent his entire maybe oh, – certainly all of his prime years, will go into the Hall of Fame wearing a Dodger cap, which has not happened in a very long time. That's that's really important, and you want to treat that player right. I think so. And then, and like you said, it is a business, but there's also like tangible benefits to that. Like exactly. you're, you're, you're building a trust with the fan base. You know, it's not like uh, if everyone gets away, what's the point? That kind of, you know, there's certain markets that are like that. Um, so that's good. But just for the, the uh, Kershaw uh, contract details, he had – Two years and sixty-five million on his old deal. His new deal like tore that up. He's it's three years, ninety-three million. So on a base level, he added a year and twenty-eight million, which is like it's more than any pitcher got the last two years in the market in in the free agent marketplace uh, on an average basis. It's only one year, sure, but so that's like a you know a good sign for a healthy market, I guess. He, he's not a free agent, but he was able to get that. But also, I think there's escalators built in and like pretty reasonable ones, even for someone with his sort of um, recent injury history. He has up to four million in bonuses in starts where uh, it goes 24, 26, 28 and 30 starts. He gets a million each for those each every year. So if you look at it, the last, he only made 21 starts in uh, 2016, but then he made um, what was it? Uh, 27 in 2017, 26 last year. So. If he does that the next two years, he'll add another um, like two million each year. So he would uh, he'll make thirty three million in each year, which is a million more total than what he would have done. So like he's already sort of made out in that regard. I think those are like very reasonable, um, you know, incentives, and that he's probably going to earn at least a portion of those, if not all. So and if he makes thirty starts again, uh, he's only done it once in the last five years. Uh, then he gets, you know, the, the full max. And then obviously if he wins Cy Young, it's a million and a half. If he gets second or third, it's 500 grand. So there's potential there for earning beyond just the base. But yeah, so good deal uh, for him. Uh, he wasn't the only one that that, that signed. Uh, David Freeze, um, uh, he, he, they had a club option on him. In Kershaw's case, it was his choice, uh, you know, to opt out or not. In, in Freeze's case, it was the Dodgers. And his was a $6 million option or a $500,000 buyout. And they worked out a deal where they bought out his option. So he got the $500,000, but then signed him to a $4.5 million deal. So they basically like saved a million bucks as opposed to like, um, you know, given the option. I, I just wanted to point out both of these cases both had deadlines like three days after the World Series. So Wednesday night was the. We were all sort of waiting for Kershaw news mostly, and then also David Freeze. Both of them agreed to extend the deadline till Friday afternoon. So, and in Freeze's case, he actually signed for, you know, less than his option. Not that it was his choice, but I think that, like in itself, speaks to like you know we 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 hear a lot about, uh, you know, the Dodgers. They're relying too much on analytics. Mm -hmm. They they're they don't have a set lineup. Who's going to want to play in that? I think the culture and the atmosphere and the clubhouse and stuff is strong enough to that it shows you that like someone like David Freeze, who is literally like pushed into a platoon role, he's been a regular for forever. Um, that the fact that he wanted to come back um, 
pretty strongly and was willing to even extend the the option period, which if he just waited a couple more days, he's a free agent. So the fact that he wanted to come back, Kershaw obviously too, um, that to me um, tells you that it's like, I think it's a strong sort of culture and it sort of goes against some of that like uh, mostly dribble that we hear. So I think it's a positive sign for them. So two players that could have been free agents had they not acted um, are now locked in on team control. Yeah. Dodgers. So if in this period are grand on, were you considered free agents technically or not? They, uh, they are. Okay. Um, so like they're, uh, I mean, I guess they sort, yeah, they are. Yeah, they're like, weird. not. They, yeah, they don't count. So the, the qualifying offer day was Friday. There was like seven, uh, free agents across baseball that got it is a pretty low year for that. Um, but yeah, Grandal Ryu both got qualifying offers for the Dodgers. So it's one year, 17.9 million. And if they accept, they get that deal. If they, and then also per the new like CBA, you can't give them the qualifying offer again. So like, um, if they had a, you know, another year and they wanted, you can't like next off season, you couldn't do it. Um, but, uh, you know, if they decline, the Dodgers get a draft pick uh, compensation. It'll be somewhere. There's some rules with that, right? Uh, yeah, for what the kind of pick you get. It's it's a weird like tiered thing where it, if you're like a if you pay into revenue sharing or if you went over the luxury tax, that's mostly for like guys who you sign. But for, so in the Dodgers case, like it's pretty clear for, for them. Both guys, if they if they decline and then sign elsewhere, the Dodgers would get a pick sometime just before the third round. Uh, it's there, there's like second round, then there's the competitive balance round, which is like there's A and B. One is after the first round, one's after the second round, and those are like some mix match of uh, like um, uh, teams that are in smaller markets and low revenue, and like somehow the Cardinals got in that a couple years ago, I think, and it was weird. <laughs> sure. but anyway, it, it's weird. It's just extra draft picks, but so it, I think it's around like it's probably around like number like 70-ish, roughly that area of draft pick. Um, so that's that's the case with those. But So yeah, the, the deadline on that for them to accept is November 12th. We're going to be recording next week. I would uh, We might know by then, uh, by the time we record, maybe not. It, it's like a, we're talking like an hour difference of the actual deadline. But <laughs> yeah, so we'll, we'll try, see. We'll try to do it after. Maybe that's something we talk about next. Well, I don't know. We'll just, I, I'll just say, I look, everyone like, you know, understandably is like absolutely shitting on Grandal after his postseason because <laughs> he was, look, he looked unplayable. He was terrible. He he didn't get, like, he, of all the things to get angry for Yasmani Grandal about, like, there's plenty of things. But one is that he was so bad that they had to play Austin Barnes, who was worse. <laughs> so, like, but he was so bad, like, catching that, like, they couldn't put him behind the plate. Like, so, <clears throat> um, but that, that said, if you just, if you take a step back and, and look, he's one of the better catchers in the league, like all things considered. Yes, he, he, like if you, the, the, the very unfair, but like funny sort of, uh, summation of it, he's a catcher who can't catch. Um, sure, he, he's like, you know, has the most pass balls in a certain amount of time. Uh, but also like most home runs since he signed with the Dodgers as a catcher, most walks as, as a catcher, one of the better framers in the league. So like he does a lot of things right. And while he also does a lot of things wrong, he's a very streaky hitter, which can be like maddening at times. Um, and he hasn't done anything in the postseason at all, ever. 
So I get I get why everyone wants to shoot him into the sun right now. That said, uh, and he, it would be the best thing in the world if he if he accepted the qualifying offer. We'll get to it in this in a second because for 2019 specifically, the Dodgers absolutely need catching. Yeah, uh, and we'll get like they just and Sith are very good prospects. But there's no way you can count on them for 2019. So, and we've seen, like, if you're gonna, if you're thinking like Austin Barnes is gonna all of a sudden be an everyday catcher, like, there's he has a lot of upside. Like, even though he had a terrible year, uh, that's even before this year. Like, his he had only caught like I think it was like 77 games as his high in like a single year. So that's asking a lot, even if you're high on Barnes. So. They need catching, and I think Austin Barnes. I mean, um, Yes, Manny Grandal accepting the qualifying offer is best case scenario for the Dodgers. That said, he's a good enough catcher, even with his like like terrible postseason, that he's going to command a lot of money, and and there's going to be a decent market for him because catching across baseball is terrible. Like we're just relatively, it's just bad. Like um, so. He's going to decline. Uh, Ryu, you know, is he an injury risk? I don't know. But so he, but look, almost everybody declines these. Some people accept. I think Ryu, there's a good chance Ryu accepts, but uh, we don't know. But for now, like you said, we'll assume they're off the roster. Uh, but yeah, so those guys considered free agents, not part of our little exercise today. Sure. So the Dodgers have 37 and a half people on the 40 man roster. Yeah, Chase Utley being the, or no, 38, 38 and a half. Okay. Yeah, it's 38, not counting Utley. Okay, so 38 and so, a half. So, yeah. But that's assuming that they retain and don't and keep on the roster every player under team control and every player that's arbitration eligible, which isn't going yeah. to be the case. And in this case, could dramatically not be the case. Right. Like we always see this, like the, the deadline to like set um, rosters for the Rule 5 drafts, November 20th. The deadline to tender contracts to people is November 30th. It's usually December 2nd. But it falls on a weekend, so it's November thirtieth this year. Um, though that's generally the deadline for like arbitration guys. So, like uh, the Dodgers have thirteen arbitration eligible people this year. That that's like an obscene amount. Like uh, they're going to work out. They're going to try to work out deals with these guys or cut bait. I think at some point in the next few weeks. So, but just um, just looking at the list here. Um, yeah, I have it pulled up. Do you want me to throw some names at you with what you oh, think? So. I'll just give you the before we do that. Sure. The of of um like let's I'm just gonna look at these pitchers. Here there are seven pitchers who were out of options who didn't even appear in the playoffs. Uh so like th- that to me tells you that they're like on the bubble in terms of even staying on the 40 man in some cases. Some cases, you know, injured guys. But so it's Zach Roscup, Yimmy Garcia, JT Chagua. Tony Singrani, Tom Kohler, uh, Brock Stewart, and Eric Goodell. So Brock Stewart's like, they, out of options. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> they, they they've li- yeah they've literally I th- I think the total was sixteen. Uh, it was something like from June 2016 to like July of this year. He was optioned sixteen different times. Yeah, so like he's the key. Um, he he's he had the. Um, Oklahoma City to LA route like he he must have got so many miles off of that trip alone um but yeah so th- i mean there's no way all seven of those guys like make it um to like the end of November i think on the 40 man roster like so Tony Singrani you you got to think 
look, if he's healthy, he's like one of the Dodgers' best relievers. So like he's not maybe in that. But like Jimmy Garcia, do you have to have him on the forty man roster? Is he you know are you clamoring to like keep him around? Um, some of these guys will make it to spring training, like, and then they just will get cut if they don't make it, or, or maybe sign a minor league deal or something like that. Maybe that's what they're working on now. But yeah, the the fact is, a lot of these guys just aren't going to last on the forty man roster. Um, so that's that's gonna it's going to be more turnover, I think, than in a normal year. So I have the arbitration eligible list up. I'm going to throw names at you, and I want you don't you don't have to think too hard. I just want your gut reaction on you think the Dodgers will work out a long term deal. The Dodgers will work out either arbitration or a one-year deal, or the Dodgers, this player will not be on the uh, 40-man roster come yeah. April. Well, I'll tell you right away that I don't think they're going to work out long-term deals with anybody, with anybody. <laughs> any, okay. ar- ar- any arbitration people. Like They're not going to sign Corey Seager to a long-term deal. Uh, he, I don't think he's, he's – even if he was healthy – I don't even think he he's like that's in his plan, you know. Mm-hmm. So like, but yeah, it's just, oh sorry, I didn't. But he's not okay. even. Uh, so if you yeah. want me to keep it to, I have one name on here that I would have thought at least a little bit about working more than one year out, but we'll okay. See. So uh, yeah, you tell me on the roster or not on the roster. Then you ready? Yeah, I'm gonna start from the bottom up from service time. Zach Roscup. Um. Oh wait, a question: Are yeah. we talking? Like by the end of November, or or is this just in general? In general, like on the forty man. Um. Okay. On so, April first. Uh, how about that? Zach Roscup. Or let's just say on the forty man, like at the start of spring training, because some of these guys will be okay. NRI. So Zach Roscup off. Eric Adele. Off. Yumi Garcia. Off. Pedro Baez. On. Tom Kohler. On, yeah, I think he's one of those spring training. Yeah, you, you figure they got to give him another go at it yeah. and see. Uh, here's a hard one for you, Corey Seager. Mm. <laughs> you know, you never really know if guys coming <laughs> off of injury. Maybe they just let him go. Yeah, uh, Tony Singrani. Yeah, I think he's on. Same same reason. Like, got to make see if he's healthy. Uh, Josh Fields. Um. So he, I think, I think he'll be on. He also has an option. So that sort of lend some credence to keeping him around even if even at, at some sort of like level where you just want depth but i i think they'll keep him around okay so the ne- the the next five we have are the obviously going to be in some way on the roster i, yeah. I would assume but i i think they're I, I would like to like you to comment a little bit on them because i think they're all candidates for trying to buy out some of those arbitration years sure um, so chris taylor yeah i mean so you look at him, I guess it's one of those things where you, you know, he, he's sort of, he came out of no, not nowhere, but almost nowhere. And he's put up, he put up one really good year and then one solid year. But I, one like, thing I would was, like to comment though, is like, we, we saw the sophomore slump from him and he was still a very good player. Yeah. I think he ended up with like, if not that war is like, and I'll be able, but he was like, he was like a three win player, right? Like with so like flexibility he, and he performed yeah. in the postseason. So like you, you, maybe you approach him like, and you try to do something where you, maybe it's like a, you buy out the RB years at with a, with one of the free agent years. I don't know. But like, honestly, like I just, they, I, in the smaller markets and stuff, you see this because those guys, 
that's the way they they try to keep guys past the six years, you know. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't, I don't. That's not much of an issue with that. But that said, like, if it if it happens, it happens. But I think Chris Taylor is probably a candidate for that. Like, not knowing what his like motivations are. But yeah, I would say I'm leaning toward that's something they would certainly explore. Yeah, the next three I think are all in the same camp of you just keep them on arbitration. There's no reason to do anything else. Mm-hmm. And that's um, Kiki Hernandez, Jock Peterson, and Alex Wood. I think so. Um, and I think all in, in some ways, maybe especially Jock, I don't know. Um, you have to think some of those also are trade candidates. Um, it, but, but yeah, I just think Alex Wood, and he only has the one year before free agency. But yeah, I know it's, it's not the, not the exact same situation, but yeah. So the, well, those he also guys just doesn't strike me as critical. Alex would like has been fine. Has right. Been fine. Like, like last year he made, he was an all-star and he was bare, like only the fourth starter in the postseason this year. He didn't start at all. And he was bad in the postseason. So you could see, and like they, they're the general sort of thing is they, they don't not that big fans of his stuff. He's really good. Like he's good at like pitching with what he has, but um, you wonder. I don't. I don't see them liking him long term. So I, he's po- he's a possible trade candidate for me. That said, he's for he, as we'll get to it shortly. He's definitely a part of the rotation right now. And the last name and the name I want to talk about the most is Yasiel Puig. Yeah. So he's intriguing because what I don't a know, story this guy. Has. Right. I mean, we've talked about this a lot. It just still every time we talk about every year we talk about he's in a different spot in his career and just. I don't know. He seems after Clayton Kershaw, Corey Seager, Cody Bellinger, like like he's the guy after that. It almost feels like Kenley, I guess Justin Turner. I'm I'm missing names, but he's he's up there to, for me in that crop of just sort of face of the Dodgers kind of territory. You're talking about the you mean the franchise all time leader in playoff games? You yeah, play? you, you yeah. didn't know what I'm getting at. <laughs> yeah, so like, yeah, I, I get that, and but that and like he's also like parlayed the last you know he went from being option in the minors in 2016 to like very like key part solid regular uh, the last two years. So like and and like good defensively, he also like the weird reverse splits are odd, like. Everything is like it doesn't fit like a traditional sort of thing. It seems like um, he's very odd, uh, but you know, I, I just think they um, they play it out with him and figure out something after that. But I, I, I don't, man, I, I can't, I don't, I don't know what they're gonna do. But like, I just can't see them. I, I, I don't, I don't see them doing anything this off season. Yeah, I, like they did it with Kershaw, right? They let Kershaw get to the opt out there and they worked something out. I just wanted to give a special note to him that I think he. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and then, uh, but also, like next year is gonna be huge for him because he's, you know, it's his, it's his walk year, and like, so that's gonna be like a big thing. Like he has to produce uh, if he's gonna get paid like big time. So. Um, that's going to be key for him. And I think the Dodgers could benefit because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it, I mean, yeah, I just don't know how to, you know, obviously there's been various times throughout his career. You're thinking this guy's a clear <laughs> superstar. Then you're like, what the hell is going on? And now it's just, I think he's just like, um, he's, he's a pretty solid, um, like very above average, uh, player. And then with, with like, um, and, and certainly like, uh, I would say fan favorite at this point. Okay. Time for our exercise. 
for the, the what? It's time for our exercise. No, no, don't yeah. worry. You don't have to get on a treadmill. It's fine. I, I meant uh, the the thing we're gonna do with the roster. Yeah, you seem to get a little nervous. Um, before we get into that, I just a, a couple of other housekeeping things. Uh, for the most part, the Dodgers are gonna bring their coaches back. Uh, they haven't like finalized anything. But Chris Woodward, third base coach, he's the new Rangers manager, so they they need a third base coach. And Woodward also like coach the infielders, so that's going to be something they have to sort of fill. Also, they still haven't like resolved Dave Robertson yet. It's all signs point to them like coming up with some sort of a long term deal. But his his option deadline is Wednesday, this coming Wednesday, so we'll know by the end of the week, I think, with okay. him. But I, I would imagine he gets like a three three or four year deal. Cool, and we'll get to talk about that next week mm-hmm. you ready sure so what we're gonna do is we're gonna form a 25-man roster uh, entirely of people uh, currently on the dodgers 40-man roster for the sake yep. of this i say we do we're gonna do the eight starters uh five starting pitchers let's do a seven man bullpen and a five-man bench how's that work for you well okay i would say that that's generous because i don't think that's what's going to happen but um, but it allows for some more flexibility than I would have thought. So yeah, more flex. I, I I'm giving us a little more flexibility. I also think the bullpen is one of the like, who knows? Like it's so many. That's such a thing you figure out in the spring training. And and also as we'll get to like, let's we're we're doing this like obviously this is like the the 25 man roster for like opening day based on now. That said, we are like Corey Seager. Yeah, Corey Seager, by all accounts, will be ready for opening day. I don't think that's going to be the case. So, but but for, for the for 2019, he's generally available. So, yeah. the, it, for our purposes, like a lot, putting uh, picking 13 position players is essentially like at, allowing us to account for Seager. So, but he's he's there. So, but yeah, but yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, the other thing I wanted to add is for this, we are going to assume that um, I uh a superstar switch pitching starter is going to start against the Dodgers. So platoons are not a thing. I realize that, uh, that right. that's a thing that's going to come up with the Dodgers uh, going forward. And I don't, I just want to assume these are your eight best or the person we're going to put. Right. Like we'll, we'll, pick, we'll pick a starting eight, but it's like really, I mean, there's going to be like two or three guys that are basically starters right after them. So like, doesn't really matter. Yep. You're right. So don't get too caught up on that people. <laughs> So let's start with one of the more interesting positions, uh, starting catcher. I mean, it's only it's only Austin Barnes yeah. at this point. Like, <laughs> so there's no. I mean, they have uh, uh, Kyle Farmer on the roster. They have Rocky Gale on the roster. Farmer, they've shown willingness to like be on the uh, bench as a pinch hitter. They've shown absolutely no willingness to actually have him catch in meaningful yeah. games. <laughs> so like the idea that he's well. We'll get to it, but the the idea that he's uh, the backup at this point is like a big red flag in terms of what they have to do this offseason. And you know, uh, and like I don't necessarily mean this as a slight to Farmer. He's caught a bunch in the in the uh, minors. He caught a lot last year in spring training. But the fact that they haven't like used him there shows what they think of him. And so Rocky Gale is like your sort of prototypical no hit, you know solid like veterany backup catcher he, but he has very limited major league experience so he's sort of on the periphery if they have to have an actual catcher behind Barnes but so that it's this is like a clear a clear glaring like need for the Dodgers but yeah it's Austin Barnes for sure for now 
first base Max Muncy. So, yeah, yeah. Not that he's your best defensive first baseman, but but you're just not how gonna, it shakes yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, second base Chris Taylor. I think yeah, I think that's right. Uh, like the way it's weird because the way I sort of like listed guys, uh, I even went so far as to go. I just put infielders, outfielders, and then hybrids because there's uh, Taylor, Kike, and Bellinger who like played so much at different positions, infield, outfield. So, but yeah, for I, I would say for now. Taylor at second base fits in just fine. Uh, third base, Justin Turner. Uh, I think so. Let, let's let's go ahead and stick him there. <laughs> Another hard one, shortstop Corey Seager. Kind of already talked right. about him. And and exactly with the caveat, assuming he's ready at some point, even if it's not opening day, for sure. Left field, I have Jock Peterson. I think that's right. Uh, center field, Bellinger. Uh, yeah, especially it's just like the move you have to make at this point with Muncie at first, for sure. Right field, Yossiel Puig. Yep. So let's go to the bench. I, I, I feel like every time I do one of these exercises, I feel like I'm missing a really obvious name, and you're yeah. going to tell me who it is. Yeah. Uh, I have Freeze. Freeze for sure. And, I you know, it's one of those things like I'm sure it's going to start a lot at first base against yep. uh, left, lefty pitchers. And the, yeah, and sometimes at third, filling in for Turner. So. And uh, in the same vein, Kike Hernandez. Yep. Uh, probably, uh, it's a, we, we know the story here. Like, he's going to fill in kind of wherever they need him. Um, but they'll find a way for him, especially against lefties. Uh, then I have, <laughs> I have Gale right now. It just it's, uh, you, you need another catcher somewhere in there. Yeah. So again, they've like you said, they've shown no willingness to count Kyle Farmer as that additional catcher number. So now, now so we're only at ten right now, right? Uh, I have eight plus freeze plus PK, and then yeah, and Gale. so, so but the, so the big the big one you're missing is Matt Kemp. <laughs> I I I'm, I I have five bench players, and so I okay. have freeze Kike and Gale, and I have two more to go. Gotcha. Sorry. <laughs> to me, and to me, that's where you get this interesting thing where Matt Kemp, uh, and then I think it, because we're doing the five man bench, because I think it allows for this interesting discussion, you have uh, Andrew Tolls and Alex Verdugo. Mm-hmm. So, and in this case, it would probably be Verdugo as the odd one out just because have options will travel, but but Tolls has options too. Fair, fair, fair. So, so um, I, yeah, I, so I think there, there's a couple things here. Um, Man, this is where I think they're going to – it really depends what direction they're going to go in. Because on the face of it, right, uh, it, out, okay, there's a big one missing in Grendel. So uh, they have to get a catcher. But outside of that, you you don't have Machado, but you have Seager. So it's minus catcher, basically the same lineup that, like, led the National League in runs and, like, a team that got to the World Series, although they, uh, we know they didn't hit the last two rounds of the playoffs. So I get it. But – like starting off like a pretty strong base, but mm-hmm. with the caveat that they could clearly upgrade in, in certain areas. And I think so. Maybe, I think there is some logic to looking at why they hit so poorly at the end. It totally yeah. could just be a bunch of slumps happening the wrong time, bad luck, or it could be like, hey, these teams figured out. There's a lot of talk about um, the the reliance on the fastball 
uh, in for both the Brewers and the Red Sox. And maybe there's something to that. Is that something we can address in coaching? Is that something you have to address in player? Yes. Gym? I don't know. And I, I don't claim to know, but it's something worth that they'll talk about and they may address the uh, probably trade. But for this exercise, we don't have access to that. Right. So this so this sort of opens up to like what you're saying. But I, I think it, it's a it's a better shot for Verdugo um, in terms of like if you talk about do we want to like uh, like the Dodgers were very good at hitting home runs. They're actually very good at like not chasing outside the strike zone. They did strike out a lot even with that. Um, Verdugo is like a different type of productive and also but also re- pretty good defensively like all around. So like he would bring more of a. Uh, maybe like an average based person, and you know, we I don't know if you can count on year to year numbers in runners in scoring position, but like if if you have a someone who's less prone to strike out, possibly slightly, slightly higher batting average, maybe not probably not as much power, but like similar overall production to like some of your other guys, these interchangeable parts they have. I think you make a case that Verdugo could help the lineup in that way, and that it gives him a different option. Not that you know you don't want everyone to be like the same, but I think he sort of adds that dimension to that. Um, but yeah, it's just a matter of is is there room? And uh, you know, I and think again, this is us having kind of an extra position player slot, right? And, and like we're talking this. And we're talking about right now, like, you know, as it stands now, I imagine they're still going to probably shop Matt Kemp because, like, they barely played him in the playoffs. Um, and he slumped down the stretch. He was actually good in September, but also in a position where he only platooned. So I wonder if you try to pedal him. He's probably easier to trade this offseason than last year. He only has a year left. He was tech- he was an all-star last year, you know, all that sort of jazz. But – it's still going to be a rough go, I think, trading it, but it's just a matter of clearing a spot. I don't, I don't know if you willingly want to give up the production, but I think they have, given what they have uh, in like, uh, I think they have room to sort of trade him, and it probably depends what else they're. It depends what they're doing with that, you know. Like, it, it, they're if they're freeing up some money, is it for a cause or is it just to save money? So. You sort of look at it that way. I don't know. But um, I think this is where, like we talked about, like uh, the, the big elephant in the room here is, uh, you know, do do they do they go after Bryce Harper? I know, like today, um, I think Dylan Hernandez has a column in the LA Times about the Dodgers should go to get Harper. Dustin Nosler at Dodgers Digest wrote, Dodgers and Bryce Harper are a perfect fit. He kind of is, really, like if you think about it. Like he's, a, he's an absolute superstar. Um that said, you know, we were sort of laughing about this before we came on. MLB trade rumors had the their like top fifty free agent like projections or whatever. <laughs> and number one with a bullet was Bryce Harper, fourteen years, four hundred and twenty million dodgers. <laughs> like, calm the hell down, man. Have like to be high. I mean, look, he's he's young, like he he you know, like we haven't seen like a free agent like this age, this good, maybe since like A Rod. You know, and, and like he and Machado are both basically in that in that sort of um, vein. So, but and I they had Machado. One, to me, it's tough to say because what I don't want to compare what they did last year because they were so yeah. hamstrung by the luxury tax. Whereas presumably they're not this year. But well, if you're yeah, not willing yeah. to go out and get Giancarlo Stanton for re- relatively not a huge prospect cost, yeah, it seems to me unlikely. That's the kind of player the Dodgers want to fill their roster on, and it. 
you and I were talking about this. Bryce Harper, I wonder how much Bryce Harper would get. It would be a lot. But if he if he wasn't Bryce Harper, he wasn't the kid on the Sports Illustrated cover, and he didn't have this sort of mystique, because Bryce Harper had one very, very MVP-worthy year, and then he's kind of been a slightly above-average hitter since then, with, yeah. with and, and a very streaky hitter. He'll have yeah. incredible April, and then he'll go dormant, and then he'll come back up as he did this year in the last month and a half, two months of the year. Um, he obviously the talent is obviously there, but sometimes he slumps and he slumps hard. Yeah, and I think you know, and that's still a very the, good player. But is that a player you want to give you know seven years to, let alone fourteen? Yeah, I think, and I think you're right. It's gonna like a more realistic deal is probably a seven or eight year deal, which is still huge, and it's probably gonna be like you know two hundred and eighty million or something weird. Like, uh, but what? But like, and so obviously that's a lot of money, um, but. I think the the reason why I wouldn't necessarily say they didn't um, they didn't go after Stanton, so they're not going after Harper. I think you can make the case they didn't go after Stanton because they're going after Harper. Sure, that's fair. Because it like it reset the tax um, along with the Kemp deal, which at the time we didn't know was coming. And to counter my argument of hey, he hasn't actually been worthy of a super deal like that, you know? Even yeah, exactly. Goods. Uh, don't get super deals. Uh, you could argue that. Well, look what the coaching staff did to Max Muncie. What could they do with Bryce Harper? <laughs> oh, yeah, can you imagine? They're like, hey, if you just tweak this, like, uh, yeah, no. But like, I mean, yeah, he would. It would be kind of amazing. But like, I, I'm sure there's probably some point we could probably dive into the Bryce Harper thing. But just for for this sake, like in building the roster, just know that that's sort of this looming thing, like. Um, um, that that's out there. Like, I, I, you know, it looks like they were a pretty productive outfield overall last year. Like, I th- think they were they were sixth in the majors in OPS. They were second in home runs among outfielders, um, and they they were you know they mixed and matched so much. Um, I wonder if just having that like tent pole guy. And the other weird thing about this, so I think you know you have Puig, right? Uh, he's going to be in right. I d I think does that does that mean Harper's in left for a year? Because I don't think you could put him in center because you know that was part of the thing in in Washington. Like um, his, uh, I think defensively they struggled because he um, that was part of their downfall. So I think you can't really put him in center. You have to put him in one of the corners. But that, this is a short term thing. If you're signing him to a long term deal, you'll figure it out. Like you'll either put him in left this year or you move Puig to left this year. And, and put Harper in right. I don't think it's going to be that big of an issue. And like I said, we're, we're putting the cart way in front of the horse here. But um, Yeah, and I've got, like, as I said, I have my concerns. He's just a very, very good player with extreme talent uh, that's mm-hmm. prone to slumps and therefore is not a superstar. But I have been a big fan of his overall work, his personality as a player. I would be very excited even if I'm unsure he's worthy of it. So I'm on board. There's something to be said for depending on how much you believe in Muncie, um, if you, if you were to add like a star hitter like that, like a Harper in your, in your outfield and your lineup, um, do you take Taylor out of, or or, I'm sorry. Yeah. you, You take Bellinger out of the outfield. So you have a little more room to maneuver guys in and you basically make second base. You have Bellinger at first and you basically 
find playing time for Muncie at second base, either splitting with Kike or splitting with Taylor and then putting one of the other guys in center field, depending on who's starting. Um, or maybe that's that's where you work in Verdugo, depending on how you, what you do with the other guys. Um, and I would imagine like Jock Peterson's probably ancillary at this point, so you maybe trade him for pitching. But this this is like this is sort of the domino effect that, that so many things can happen this offseason. And one of the like the Dodgers' flexibility sort of gives them all these options. So uh, it's very odd. But like like I said, we're just building the roster for now to sort of show where they're at. And uh, but yeah, so that, that's. I think we've sort of established. So, so we have the eleven uh, or twelve with Rocky Gale, and then so I would say Verdugo over Tolls, but honestly, it's inter- it's interchangeable. Sure. Um, so, but that's basically our, our thirteen position players. Yep. So let's let's go in the pitching. Uh, the bullpen mm-hmm. is going to just be like pick some names out of the hat after the first four sure. guys, but. I think there is some interesting names when we start talking about starting pitching when we look at it without yep. you. So Kershaw, Bueller, Hill, that's obvious. We don't need yeah. to go much into that. You have, and then probably Alex Wood after that. Uh, yeah. Boston, I, I, question mark. I, I technically, so I'll just say on my list I have, I, it doesn't really matter, but I have Alex Wood listed as fifth. Okay. Uh, do you have Stripling or Maeda ahead of him? I, I have Maeda. Okay. But I do have in, in my notes just <laughs> Stripling role? Question yeah, mark? Yeah, no, so I have I <laughs> so. have Maeda and Stripling are bound down there with a question mark, and yeah. this is where Maeda's really weird contract comes into effect. If Let's let's say Ryu accepts the qualifying offer. Yeah. At that point, you have, again, the good problem of too many starting pitchers, and it always seems to work it out. So I don't want to talk too heavily about that. But do you think the Dodgers, is this how they're always going to take with Maeda? Where he's just going to, you're going to be the starter for six months, and eventually we're going to move you to the bullpen, and you just have to deal with that? Is a permanent move at all a thing that you think they've thought about or talked about? Um, I, I don't know. I don't have any like inside data on that. I would imagine it's something they'll work out this off season, just work out some sort of, uh, add, just adding, uh, reliever incentives to the deal or like reworking in some way, the contract, maybe just to sort of alleviate some of that, but maybe, um, yeah, if Ryu accepts like, man, that's like, it's a, it's one of those like good things, problems to have because you have um, but yeah, because uh, we have a real strong rotation. It's, it's interesting yeah. though because, well, it's a good problem. Then if Ryu walks, do they need another starting pitcher? And I would be adamant that they do, because after you have those first three, you've got kind of a a bunch of guys that you're kind of happy to be your fifth, but you don't really want to be your fourth. Now, right, and but at the same time, though, if you had to, and let's, let's say there's no Ryu. I'm okay with Wood as the fourth guy or the fifth guy and Maeda as the fourth or fifth guy. But, like, if one of those goes down, then, like, you still have... <laughs> oh, yeah. There's um, a name. I knew I knew I would forget a name to talk about. <laughs> yeah, so, well, well, there's two, I think. But Julio Urias is the big one. Yeah, that's the big one I was just completely... You certainly can't on. count on him to be, like, you know, a full-time starter next year in terms of, like, he's going to start all year. But there's, there's like, a, a cap, I'm sure... Um, just given where he's come from, but I think you, at, for various stretches, you, you could probably have him in the rotation, 
and then with the idea and figure out what you have at the end of the year. But also Caleb Ferguson, I think, in that regard, and we haven't gone to the bullpen yet. Long term, he's a starter, and I think that I think he's going to be like the guy you sort of want in the wings, uh, besides Urias, who could step in 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 that role. So after Ferguson and Urias, is there anything on the prospect front? The big prospects that we we hear the Dodgers talked about as sort of the the next guys up to become regular major league starters are the two catching prospects and Stephen Ruiz, and then. Um, uh, that is that's a good question. Yeah, um, I don't think so. But I, honestly, I feel like my memory is that everyone else that is very high in the Dodgers system is a year or two off, and that we didn't have it really someone yeah the Walker Bueller slot, so to speak, to really talk about. But I, I might be wrong. That might be a question for Mister David Hood, who I'm sure we'll have in the offseason at some point. Yeah, I think too. Like, um, you know, we had. Um, Last year, like one of those guys who was like really good in AAA was Manny Benuelos. You know, he was off the forty man all year, but like one of those, like if, maybe if they had to have a starter up, they could add him somehow to the forty man. Um, but he just got traded to the White Sox. I think it was one of those deals like he was going to be a minor league free agent, um, and I don't think the Dodgers had spot for him, so they traded him for like a minor league infielder. Not you know, I, I hesitate to say nothing prospect because like look at all some of these deals they've made, but. Um, uh, the White Sox added him to the 40-man, so that was sort of good for Banuelos. But um, off the top of my – yeah, they don't really have anyone who's like – I guess I guess if Yadier Alvarez like made some sort of crazy leap, you know, at some point he could pitch next year, but I, you can't count on that. Um, so, yeah, I don't think they really have anyone in the wings that, in that regard. This is where, like, um, you know – Brock Stewart's out of options. Um, does is he a guy who slips through waivers and is like minor league starting depth? They, like they didn't call him up at various times when they could have had him start last year. So I think that they might be over that um, at this point. Uh, so you know, there's you, you basically have it's these everyone who's like available is like on the forty man, um, and then it really depends. I think. I think Ross Stripling, like, pro- you know, he's one of those guys they like having around. So he probably fits into the bullpen in terms of how we're constructing a roster right now. Uh, oh, I guess the other arm to consider uh, who we're – like you always said, there's always someone we just sort of gloss over. Dennis Santana. Um, what is his he was back. He was back throwing in September. Uh, I think by all accounts he's going to be ready by spring training, so – had the uh, shoulder thing uh so yeah i yeah so he, he'll, he'll be like in that so i you, you look at that's a pretty strong like triple a rotation if you go Uria santana ferguson in some order um as your sort of backups and then depending on um who else they they might add this yeah. this winter i do think it's a a spot where whether it's ryu or someone else i i would like to see them add one arm uh, sure. And then, because injuries happen, I would rather like that kind of where the depth to be, where you have four kind of rock solid guys, and then a mess in the fifth role that you can fill in when guys get hurt, and, and you can figure out if you have too many of them healthy, you can figure that out. Well, later. and then this this comes into that flexibility thing. Like if if they go, it doesn't even have to be Bryce Harper, but if they just sign like a starting level uh, offensive player, 
and it, it moves someone around or it makes it means like that means you could trade a Jock Peterson for pitching and maybe that pitcher or, or whatever, maybe that pitcher they bring in is one of the guys they slot into the rotation. Sure. So, or, and like you said, Wood, Wood only has a year before free agency. Um, maybe it's a situation where depending on the deal, maybe he goes in a deal and he opens up a spot. I don't know. But like I said, you're right. I, I mean, I, I think Wood's going to stay around, but they, they, they do have a lot of options and it, it really it depends on what kind of deals they do how this can sort of all change. But yeah, I think pretty comfortable without those five as the starters for now. I agree. Um, and then we've got yeah. a mess in the bullpen. <laughs> right. So, um, cause it's so, so strange. Uh, Jansen for sure. Yep. And, after- oh, and by the way, just, you know, a- after heart surgery, like, <laughs> like nothing is certain folks. Like just remember that. Like we, we, we know we're, we're just like, this is a snapshot. This isn't a prediction, but, yeah, exactly. So Jansen, and then yep. who do you think the most rock solid name is after that? <laughs> so, like, I I think at this, uh, if you had that, uh, if the Dodgers prob- adopted a traditional eighth eighth uh, inning setup uh, guy, uh, who is it? A two man bullpen. Um, well, I think it's Pedro Baez yeah, at this so point, funny. which is yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> Which at very like just play this back like at various points in the last two three years, and we would have been like what, what the thing talking is, it's about. Not, it's not just the results though, right? He's since yeah. he's come back in the middle of this year, he's just demonstrably better. Like demonstrably yeah. better. The eye, everything. The eye test. He looks more confident. He has yeah. like before, if like a, a guy would he would walk a guy or something, he would get super rattled. And I haven't seen that in the last two yeah. or three months. It just wow, good for him. <laughs> Right, exactly. So, uh, so <laughs> there's your two. Uh, <laughs> I, I think, aside, um, just because they, like I mentioned, they like having him around. I think Stripling is on the staff at some in some level. I know yeah. he, they left him off the last two. I literally um, have an arrow written they, after Baez and Jansen to Stripling and my. Yeah, they they left him off the playoff roster and stuff, but he was struggling down the stretch. Uh, that maybe they. I know he said he was tipping pitches and stuff, and maybe he'll figure that out. But he's been like productive in some role each of the last three years. So I think they'll find a spot for him pretty easily. I agree. I have, so the, yeah, I have um, Alexander and Sangrani after that. I do. Yeah. Same here. So, the, and the, those are the only two like lefties that I just have listed. The only, I only listed a few just because like you said, it's, it's really like, you don't really know. Um, and Sangrani even, you don't really know because he's coming off the shoulder stuff. Um, so his is like health based, like. But if he's healthy, he's like probably their second best reliever. I don't, I don't know. Uh, and then Alexander, as you know, as up and down as he was, still I think overall solid year and like uh, good ground ball guy. They like having that sort of option. So we're we're at five relievers. I think we have to do two more. Is that right? Yeah, and I've got this mess of a list. So uh, do you think that? If they're going to try to commit to Ferguson as a starter, whether it's at AAA or in the majors, and they're not going to view him as a relief option, to, I, to at least to start out with and best laid plans. I, I think this this might be one of those, like depending on how they need it, but I think they're going to go into spring training with him as a starter. Okay, so I'm going to like, leave him off for that reason. Yeah, and then like if something, you know, things happen in spring training, they need a reliever, like maybe he, he slot him in that way. But I, I think he, so he's off for me. I, that, so I have Kohler and Fields next. 
Kohler and Fields. Okay, and, but again, with a list yeah. monster list beyond that of like, uh, maybe. <laughs> so I, yeah, I don't have reason to really argue with that. Um, Kohler again, health related, you know, and he's coming off a more major shoulder surgery that Fields knocked him out for the me entire. As that, you mentioned he has the one option left. Just one of those guys yeah. that they like. Even if he's not the seventh best reliever, and I don't think he is, yeah. the guy they'll, they'll kind of force into the equation at least early on to see what they get out of him because that's a, that's sort of a quote unquote mistake you can make early, but you can't make late with some of the other guys. And, and for me, like I, the only other name I had listed on my list was Dylan Floro. Yep, he and, was the last man out for me. And given just given how they used him, they actually used him in the playoffs, even though. He like everybody else fell behind super reliever Ryan Madsen on the in the, <laughs> in the line. So like, uh, yeah. So I I think um, so you have Kohler and Fields. I might go I might go Fields Floro at this sure. point and just with the Kohler as a tell on the side. Um, but yeah, I, I don't. I think that's I think we're basically on the same page I, yeah, here. I literally. But I have, think with this, I had. I had Kohler Floro until the last second. What what this tells us is that they need to get some relief pitching. Hey, I agree. Yeah, Yeah. I definitely agree. It's and what's so interesting as we talked about, they need another rock solid kind of four starting pitcher. They need a catcher. Two things solved by people accepting qualifying offers, and then they need bullpen help pretty bad. And then, as you've mentioned, they could maybe use one more sort of tent-pole offensive player that doesn't rely on sort of the platoon magic. Yeah. Uh, so I th- I think that's kind of where we're at right now. Um, you know, do they do they have a spot for Verdugo and maybe that's maybe the fallback if you don't get a, a Bryce Harper. Not, not that I'm saying it's Verdugo or Harper. <laughs> but like, yeah, those are like all these que- they have a lot of questions this offseason like, um, and so, um, just trying to think here. Anything else I wrote down? I think we kind of covered it. Yeah. Um, I'll put in the notes here too. Like, you know, we'll leave uh, room for people to sort of comment who who they would have at the at the fringes here of the roster. But I think, yeah, catching, relief pitching, um, you know, a sort of big name, maybe the big name. See the. <laughs> There's really no big name offensive like catcher who would like fill that sort of role unless it's Grandall. Any, you know, with his warts, maybe Wilson Ramos. Um, but so I think, yeah. So a starting a starting level offensive player, catcher, reliever. That's that's basically what we're looking at. But I mean, for the most part, that's a relatively similar uh, roster to what they had at the, in at the end of the year. So. Um, I get starting from a pretty strong point, but definitely could use some upgrades this winter. So I think that's that's sort of where we're at now. Yeah, and that's what we're going to talk next few weeks. I'm sure we're going to be talking about free agency, some potential trades that the Dodgers could make, although those are, knowing this uh, front office, so hard to predict. They get really, really yeah. creative in how they make those deals, uh, make those deals work. So, but we'll, we'll, we have an idea of now where we know the Dodgers kind of need to address, and that gets really cleared up after the qualifying offers are either rejected or accepted. Yeah, and while while we try to wrap our head, hands around a heads around a fourteen million or fourteen year deal, um, you know, next week I would like I mean this week excuse me is the general manager meetings, which are. They're not really the winter meetings, but they're just sort of a, they talk about things and, you know, some news might happen here. It's in Carlsbad. I'm not going any, to any of these though. Um, 
relatively close, but not going. Um, I saw a note today that the the um, I think John Morosi tweeted this that uh, the general manager talking about like doing away with the the weight uh, trade waivers. So and like sort of doing a uh, combined single trade deadline maybe at some point in August rather than having one on July 31st and then another one on August 31st for so we'll see how that goes um, that'd be kind of interesting uh, I think but uh, the other sort of news is that uh, I guess the Giants are interested in Farhan Zaidi to sort of head up their uh, they don't have a GM so uh, they want him to head up their baseball operations don't really know what the status of that is Dodgers, neither Friedman or Zaidi would comment on that last week. They didn't they just didn't address it. Um, but, you know, that's the possibility that he, he might leave, but we'll see what that would mean. So it would just be another position for the Dodgers, Phil. So I'm sure we'll have more to talk about on that next week. Uh, we'll also probably probably talk about Dave Roberts next week at some point because I think by then we'll, we'll have a better feel for either his contract extension or further waiting on getting a contract extension. So, We'll have something to talk about. But for now, uh, welcome to the offseason. There's your 25-man roster. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll talk to you next week.